Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Booyah! Hey, we're close! A cigar. Hey. Can we get Bull a cigar? <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. So I think what That's happened here nice. was I took a lesson. G so Bush nice. has been raising his fit game, particularly for Fridays. Yes. And I there are leather chaps in the building. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I got uh, there, that's there all are, I'm saying. Are leather pants on right now. He's got leather pants. And Bull about which is very uncharacteristic for him. We're five minutes before the show and Bull's not in this in the seat. Yeah. And I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> and then I hear a knock on the door. Hey. And he forgot his key card to get back in, so someone got up to let him in, and he comes in looking like he's an extra in a hey, mob movie. Hey, hey, this is the New Age Blues Brothers right I'm Dr. Vinny Boombat. Say, hey. <laughs> these look like the Pimp Brothers. <laughs> Jason, hey. thanks for playing it straight. I mean, had I known, I could have. Had I known, we, did, we did not get the memo. <laughs> By the way, I went and bought this hat. That's a great look, Paul. Look at that. Look at that team. I mean, that's it. You're not all about. Us. We need a co- we need a, a show for G and I like a, a a drama. Yeah, where we're either cops or private investigators. I think yeah. you guys should be or a, partners, private investigators. Yeah, your partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the just let the hilarity ensue. Yeah, each week there's a new investigation. Right. And I think that would be a huge hit. Hey, you know, by the way, don't worry, Channel 3. I got my regular glasses. You know, I don't want to just, you know, we, we don't be faint, faint of heart. What but, is he wearing? By oh, the so way, you're going to play it straight. I'm going to play Channel it straight for the day. 1230. I got regular glasses. So These when we go glasses. to regular TV, yeah. G will play it straight. There you go. No, he'll still have the outfit. Just gonna I still got an outfit, but don't get rid- I'm getting rid of that, though. Y'all got to deal with that. By the way, I did not. La- I, I was like, last night I said to my wife, Hats I got to get a hat. First of all, I didn't even know I, I like had a that. sports So he stole I- Aaron's. <laughs> that looks about three sizes too small. No, that's the way, it does. That's the way you're supposed to fit. That's the way you're supposed to fit. Fedora style uh, okay. hat. Ex- this is actually an extra large hat. So I go to Kohl's. I go to Imagine Kohl's last small. night. By the way, have you guys been in Kohl's? Not, not recently. I yes. haven't in I, years. Yes. I just made a return it's there. It's awful. I mean, first of all, why a store like that still exists is weird to me. because like, uh, Isn't going- it like a discount? store a bit i don't know but the whole place it's like i was like walking into into a shopping mall like macy's and why don't you go to target the target didn't have any hats yeah. really come on target it's so hard I, to get big hats i go into kohl's it smells like perfume they got nobody working in the men's department so i'm like i, I gotta find a hat <laughs> so i see this hat and then a woman comes over she's like i'm tr- i'm checking out the hat she's like that black band really brings out the black in your in your beard. I like and I'm that. like, lady, you don't have to sell me here. I need a hat for tomorrow. She's really reaching. I, 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 I appreciate it. That's I'm like a- the, the women's clothing lady that says, that dress makes you look very thin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll buy it. Well, it looks like you have a two-by-four through, like two through the back of your I know. But you know what? I have to say, though, in, yeah. all, in all seriousness, Bull, like that's that. your look. I like that. That is your look. <coughs> that, I agree. I, that, it that, fits that. your New York persona. It, yeah. look, it, it looked like you the dude that come to see you when your, your bookie was like, you ain't paid in two weeks. Exactly. I do think it should be a cigar and not a long cigar. I, a very short stubby, stubby cigar yeah. like with just a little bit left. Yeah. What would I'll your get. mob name be? 
Uh, Adam the Bull. That is true. He has it. There was already a Sammy the Bull. You know, I'm kind of stealing from him. But uh, I don't know. I got to work on my mob name. I I think it's a great look. I I really do. That's as good as Bull has ever looked. I like it. I just think it really really worked. Now, Bull had a great idea on the way in. Oh, he yeah, said, we missed the boat. Yeah, I should have said this the earlier. The last time the Browns played a, a playoff game with a packed house, because yeah. there were fans in Pittsburgh, but they were scattered. Yeah, right? it was Very, right. very few. He said, we should have all sent pictures in from mm-hmm. when the Browns last played a playoff game in front of fans, which yeah. was 2002. Correct. Probably and, it was technically 2003. I, it was 2002 season. 2002 so season. So I think yeah. we all scurried. Yeah. And got you a picture. And we the best one is McNuggets. Yeah, oh my right. God, he's a little we'll, kid. Do, we'll do mine last then. So let's go through. Then we'll get a read. We'll start a shot. Yeah. McNuggets the is fantastic. But, uh, the first one's G. Bush. This is 2002 G. Bush. Steve, you can take tag board full here if you want. This is 22 G. Bush <laughs> in the flesh live. A little less dapper, but still an eloquent man as always with his brother. G. Is that so your brother? young. Yeah, I was young back then. We was, I played D.N. At that time, now, my is brother, that your brother? Yeah, my brother. He played offensive guard. So yeah. uh, his brother's yeah, huge. Yeah. So we like. Uh, yeah, we were. Some, we, I was clean back in '02. Yeah. So By the way, you look G- pretty G- much identical. I referenced <laughs> the movie The Replacements the other day. Who's seen that? I've seen The Replacements. Okay. Yeah. G. Bush and his brother there look like. Remember the two offensive linemen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know what? We need to get a separated at birth photo. Because yeah. you're right, they do. They gotta do right. <laughs> yeah. So right. That was G. This is J in 2002. Jay? Yeah. This still was, an this old was, man. I mean, still a, a regular age man. A lot more dark. A lot more. A uh, uh, lot of dark salad dark there. A yeah, yeah. lot of dark lot salad gray. there. Hey, hey, yeah. Listen, <laughs> you know, this is the great thing about Jay. He was still rich in this photo. Still <laughs> 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 rich right there. <laughs> that was an ESPN rich, though. <laughs> listen, yeah. listen. This is a different level of rich. I've been saving money for a very long time. I'm 58. So I should have been there. Yeah, you'd be like, listen, man. For them damn kids. <laughs> I, I got only had two. You're right. <laughs> I did the math forward. So that was Jay. We see Bull today. Let's see Bull back Bull's in winning the back early then. 2000s. He was winning. Where <laughs> is that Bull? This cat had 10 of them. <laughs> Wait, who's holding the Siggy? That's that's uh, Alicia. Okay, Alicia I was going to say, it better not be Bull um, if you got a very long arm. This now, man. I'll admit, I cheated a little bit. This is 2000, not 2002. That's that, even better. It's the closest I could find. Uh, this was right before I graduated college. I went to college a little later. Now, I graduated. Let me ask you a there. question. Were yeah. you the guy who had all female friends? It looks like that. that's what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, I'm never. i not going to lie. I never banged any of those guys. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's not say that today on Channel 3. <laughs> I won't say on Channel 3. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yes, I mean. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Right, well, you Jason, put a hat on the man and he goes bananas. I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. So you were the guy that, <coughs> so for an evening out, it was okay for you to go out with like four or five lady friends. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I got, okay. I, I had my fun times with the ladies in college. But yeah, but I wasn't killing it. I was doing okay. Sure. But not, you know, not with those girls. Those were all, all girls that worked at the radio station with me. Oh, we were, okay. We were okay. a tight knit. Let's see, let's see what Jason Lloyd was rocking So back Jason sent it to us a little late. So we're going to get to Jason at the end okay. of the show. Oh, okay. Put it in. Okay. But. We do have also my picture from oh, 2000. What about Anthony and, uh, in the crib? Or yeah, something? do we have Anthony? <laughs> Anthony's mom's working on getting a picture. Okay, good. I was five still in 2002. The I want to see Director Steve too. <laughs> Director Steve said he doesn't have any pictures, but this was me back in uh, 2002. So, then? Steve, 
Take it when you're ready. But this is uh, 2002. <laughs> oh my God. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. He was mini nugget. Hey. I was. It was back Bro. in the day. It's been a long time since 2002. Wow. Well, that was also the best I've ever looked. The best picture I've ever taken. I mean, it looks life. like you're, you're missing some chicklets. You, what are you, second grade? That was second grade picture. Yeah. Oh nice. my God, you're a puppet. If somebody would have told me at, at that point in time, Here's the picture of the guy that's going to be telling you what to do. That'd be good. The mind would have been blown. Here's his picture. He's two yeah. years old. We was already in the club drinking and fornicating. We were doing that. <laughs> well, simple, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Not that day. We've had a banging and a fornicating, and it's 1108. I, I, I tried to clean it up. Woo! By the way, uh, yeah, I repent for that. Sorry, Lord. I didn't really mean that. I was just a joke. You weren't. Of course you were. Of course, yeah. Was, no, no, you were a perfect gentleman. Say, yeah. Um, Bible study. Yeah. We, so you know the drill by now on Fridays, we split the shows. We do 90 minutss on UCSS. Uh, and then we flip over to channel three for a 30 minute extravaganza. As McNuggets likes to say, it is never before seen bronze content. Fact. This is original. So uh, that's coming up at 12:30. It's, this is really bizarre, guys, because we usually have um, two days when we do this show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's Friday, we've got 48 hours to kick off. We're just uh, well, 40, uh, 20, nine 30, hours 30. and 20 minutes. There's the clock, Jim. Yeah, we go. Right there. Wow. Yeah. The kickoff clock, 29 God. hours, 20 minutes, 19 seconds. That's, counting. that's just incredible. Um, I can't wait. It can't get here soon enough. It's been the longest, it feels like, because the Cincinnati game didn't mean anything. Yep. It's just been this forever stretch because yeah. our last game was the Thursday the week before. That's true. But we're approaching it fastly now. And uh, I, I'm told there are a lot of Browns fans that are on their way to Houston. Channel 3 did a story yesterday where we hung out at the, at the airport and we caught a lot of fans catching the direct from Cleveland to Houston. Very excited. So I think we're going to have a good representation. And from what I've been able to gauge so far, excitement in Houston about this game is about a seven, where in Cleveland it's like a nine. I don't understand that. I don't either. It's, it's yeah, bizarre weird. to me. But it's strange. Okay, uh, McNuggets. We'll hop into that in one sec, but first a quick word from FanDuel. The NFL season may have wrapped up, but the playoffs are getting ready to get underway, and the best time to get in on the action for playoff football is right now with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Our winning ticket today comes from Akron Dre Day, who turned nice. 10 bucks into 392 bucks yesterday Ooh. on a Cavs-Net same-game parlay. Only at three parts. Bridges over 20 points, Mitchell over 30, Levert over 20. All three hit 26, 45, and 21. And our guy Akron Dre Day turned 10 bucks into 392 bucks and 50 cents. Yeah, if boy. you have a winning M- ticket, Mitchell went nuts. Send it our way. Mitchell at 45. Yeah. 45 yeah. for 45 I mean, in Paris. This, this hot stretch continues. Yesterday, I wish you were here yesterday. We had John Fanta on before he had mm-hmm. the call. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about what this team does now. And, you know, one of the things that he definitively ruled out, you probably will too. They are not in the market to move Mobley. He, he oh, said he's yeah. definitely no, not a chip. He also said Jared Allen's getting 40-something more touches 40 more game. touches per game. 
Yeah. I didn't realize it was with that this high. New, I'm crazy. We looked at each other like that's got to be a mistake. <laughs> yeah. He's been that's, playing well. That's nearly a touch a minute more yeah. than what he was getting. Well. That tells me before his usage was just – he was way underutilized. We need, we'll talk Cavs when it's we not We need to get Denzel Ward a bunch game. of touches. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Denzel Ward is going to be – key. Well, we have good news yeah. because uh, Denzel Ward is – all signs now are pointing toward Denzel playing. We've been fooled in the past with him where we sat here on Friday and said, looks like he's going to go, and then come Sunday he's not out there. But I talked to Jimmy yesterday at length. He believes that he's going to go. The Browns are saying he's going to play. That's great news. I think it was just – it was a tweak that he felt. And Jimmy said shortly after it, he was, you know, off to the side with other corners, sort of goofing around. And it wasn't like it was a major injury and they had yeah. to cart him in to, you know, to run other tests. Rappaport all, also yesterday said that he's okay. He's a go. Yeah. All so. things considered here. Yeah. If you, if, if on the scale of how you feel, 10 is, I'm not even worried. This is a win. One is they're going to lose this game. Where are we right now? 29 hours to kick. Vinny? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just Vinny to me now. Uh, I'm at it. I'm at an eight and a half. Oh, good. Okay. I feel very good about a Browns win. Listen, it's the NFL. The Browns are only a two-point favorite. They're on the road. It'd be silly. And I mean, that's getting smaller. Yeah, it's gone down to two. Yeah. Uh, even eight and a half may be overly aggressive. Yeah, I'm I surprised. I am too. Too aggressive. Well, I'm I felt whatever how you feel. I just feel very good about this game. I, I okay. Not a short thing. Certainly, the Browns can lose it. Uh, I'm not going to be like blown away if they lose, but I'll be surprised if they lose. I, I feel like they're the better team. I feel like even though C.J. Stroud is probably the better quarterback, I think for right now I'd rather have Joe Flacco in this situation versus a rookie in his first start. Yeah. And I look at and I compare the teams and I think the Browns are better. I just think they're I think they'll be able to throw the ball better and that's the only thing that maybe the Texans would do better defensively across the board, the Browns are way better than, than the Texans. The Texans, Texans have been pretty good on stopping against the run. Against the run, but they've been terrible in the past, and that's what the Browns want to do. True. The Browns' defense has been, for the most part, very good against both. Uh, and I, I don't think the Texans are going to be able to run the ball against the Browns. I don't like their back, uh, even though he's been decent. And I think if they if you become one-dimensional against the Browns, you've got no chance. Yeah. For sure. And so that's why I feel really good Eight about and it. a half. I think that might lead the way. Where are you? Uh, uh, I don't know. G might be yeah. higher than that. G's at 11 G's and 11 quarters. Yeah. Who am I kidding? Yeah. What do I, you have, Jay? If it was in Cleveland, I'd be at nine and a half, nine and three quarters. <clears throat> but, wow. but the fact that it's down there, I'm probably around a seven. Yeah. So not much lower than you. But the thing that concerns me is Flacco has been prone to turn it over. And that's the one thing that concerns me. Now, he has more of the, an eraser to get it back on the other side. But if they start giving him short fields uh, – I, I just think that it could lead to problems on the road. Sure. So really, it's really the, it's the it's the uncertainty of the kicking game, and it's the propensity to turn the ball over that has me most concerned. I do think the Browns are going to win this game. I'm not overly concerned about it, but I, I agree with you. I'd rather have Flacco than Stroud. Long term, obviously, you take Stroud. One game, one playoff game. Joe's history on the road versus C.J. Stroud making his first playoff start, even if it is at home. D'Amico Ryan's coaching in his first playoff game, even if it is at home. I like the Browns' chances. Listen, man, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm kind of over the top. But boy, you actually, think? You think, right? <laughs> was but, it the hat? Well, I don't know. Or the double vest? I don't know. Two vests the at the same chaps. time. <laughs> <laughs> but Bull is higher than me on this one. I'm only going to wow. give it an eight. Wow. I did not it, expect that. I'm going to give it an eight. And the reason why I, I, I respect any team that's in the playoffs. If, if you are in the playoffs, that shows me you're a team 
that can win multiple ways. It shows me a U team that that is really good coached. And it shows me that you have some playmakers there. But for me, I look at it from a standpoint of saying, okay, look, if I go position by position, the only position I can even think about giving the Texans is probably quarterback or probably receiver. Like, but I still edge Amari Cooper over Nico Collins. I still edge slightly Joe uh, Joe Flacco over uh, you know C.J. Stroud. So for me. Um, I think they win in all those, those other positions, but since it is a playoff game, they are at home. C.J. Stroud does provide a, a punch and a shot in the arm for their offense um, compared to what Case Keenan was doing. I just go ahead and say that I'm going to give them uh, eight confidence that they t- can take care of this game. However, that two points, I, I don't think in, at all in, during any playoff series, I would go above an eight. That's the highest I would go because yeah, I get for the spread. Yeah, because I give everybody a puncher's chance in sure. the playoffs. Well, everybody has a puncher's chance in the playoffs because they've, like you said, they've all punched their ticket. They're all they're all deserving teams, or they wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, for me, I can't go that high. I'm I'm going to come in at the lowest here, and I'm a six six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it, here's the way I I would start my my thinking on this: if they were equally matched teams and they were playing on a neutral site, it would be a five. Obviously, I mean, you would think that neither team has an advantage and there's no home field advantage. So it's a five. Uh, The game is in Houston. um, So that ticks them up just a little bit. And the fact that they've got a lot of their horses back that they didn't have when they lost in Houston. And for me, because of that, I think talking to a lot of fans this week, I think the trap that the fans, I don't think the Browns are falling into this trap. But I think the fans are falling into this trap. We crushed them on, on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, that's me. We crushed them. That's a yeah. trap. Yeah, that I is am. a trap because they were playing without their best offensive player and two of their best defensive players, and they are all back. And because of that, I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than most of us think. So for that reason, I'm at a six. I feel comfortable that the Browns will win, but I can't go to a seven or an eight or an eight and a half because I think this is going to be a close very close game that's decided by a drive late in the fourth quarter. Hope I'm wrong on that, but that's the way well, I see it Well, it's a playoff game. You're probably not. Yeah, a I lot of that. regular season games are that. Most of them are. Yeah. And I just think that because C.J. Stroud wasn't on the field the first time, that, that, you know, if you think about it, you know, a lot of people said, well, he wasn't playing defense and the Browns still put up a lot of points. No, he wasn't. But because their offense was so one and done on the drives and they were so ineffective – that gave the Browns' offense more time to operate and more opportunities to score points. I can see uh, – I looked at the drive charts this year for the Texans because I wanted to see how are they scoring their touchdowns. Are they quick strike? Uh, they've had some quick strike touchdowns for sure, but they have done a very good job this year of getting the ball, keeping the ball, driving the length of the field, and punctuating that drive with a touchdown. If they do that, that keeps the ball away from the Browns' offense and just by definition – it's going to be a closer game because of that. If they do that, you're right. It will be <coughs> close. And even though I'm very confident, I still have it as I have the Browns winning by seven. So it's not like I have a blowout in this game. But the Browns all year have been the hardest team to do that against. You're absolutely right. By far. That's our strength. Yes. And you know, we haven't given up typically those yeah. long 80-yard, right. seven-minute drives that end in touchdowns. A lot of our touchdowns have come on short fields after turnovers. Right. So, uh, I, I do think the Browns are going to win. I'm not losing sleep for sure over it, but uh, it's not like you said. In the playoffs, anybody can win. Nothing is a sure thing, and it wouldn't shock me if we're sitting here next week 
talking about what the Browns are going to do this offseason. Mm. I mean, I, I don't expect to be doing that. I don't want to have that conversation. But I know, yet. it's depressing to think about. I, I don't expect that we'll be doing that. Yeah. But like you, I'm not going to be surprised if that's where we no, are. Yeah, no. Uh, we're going to go into what we think the perfect game plan would be for the Browns tomorrow. But real quick, a word from Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's just take a minute to talk about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of important antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than someone I loved being sick while a supply chain issue kept them from their life-saving medication. Thankfully, we're okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, among others. And this stuff could happen to any of us, guys. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at just a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to prepare than today, so make sure you go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. Guys, if you're Kevin Stefanski... Andrew Barry, anyone in the front office, coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns, in your opinion, what is the perfect offense, defense, special teams? Run me through the whole gauntlet. The perfect game plan for the Browns to have tomorrow in order to knock out the Texans from the playoffs. Jay, you want to start? <clears throat> this is easy. What you want to do for this game plan, first and foremost, uh, I'm kicking off. I want the ball in the second half. Uh, and then what we're going to do is we're going to get right to it. We're going to go out there. We'll, we'll kick the ball to them. Hopefully we can get them out to a three and out, get the ball back, go down the field and score in a long, lengthy drive, mix it up between run and pass so they don't know what's coming. you up 7 nothing. Go get back and kick it to them. Now, you know, we'll see if they're going to be patient. We, wanna, we don't necessarily have to go three and out, but we're looking to either get a turnover or another punt, and we want to come down and get points, we're preferably seven. But if we can't get seven, we'll go ahead and kick the field goal. Now, if it's a 40-yard field goal, I'm, I'm looking to kick that field goal because I want to see what the new kicker got. I want to gauge whether or not he's going to be a factor in the second half, and I'll gauge that upon whether he misses this or he doesn't. If he makes it and we can go up 10 points, now I think you put the ball back in their court, and now that, that clock starts to tick in your head. Is C.J. Stroud going to stay patient? Is he still going to take his check downs? Are they going to get away from the running game with Singletary? How patient are they going to be with D'Amico Ryans and trying to get back into this ball game? And <clears throat> if you could get them to be one-dimensional there, stop them again, <clears throat> hold these guys to, to no points, punt it back to you, now what you can do, you could go for the dagger. And a dagger doesn't necessarily mean that you're up. 17 we'll take another field goal if we can get it now what it does is it puts them down 13 nothing and now they start to take away that running game they start to take away some of the some of the methodical stuff the, the game plan is to get these guys to to get down early in the game put it on them and make them make plays i want them to make plays in pressure time behind the sticks behind the clock and behind the scoreboard that's the way i, I think it, it would it'll, it'll work best for the cleveland browns to me that's hope and hope's not a plan you know you, you're saying that let's score a touchdown well every team wants to three and out score a touchdown three and out score a touchdown i attack i attack this a different way i i looked at it as like how are you going to attack them on offense and what is your plan going to be on defense that's a great hope i, I hope all that happens because obviously you get a team down <clears throat> on the road, you take the crowd out. So, yeah, I think it's a you, given. You, you want to get up early. Uh, here's, I just took it a little more specific. Maybe I went overboard. 
on offense, I'm going to do similarly to what they did the first time. I'm going to try to isolate as much as I can Amari Cooper and get him the football. 265 yards first time around. Uh, the same the same defensive backs are going to be in this game that were in the game the last time. Um, so because of that, you've got it, – it's not like you hit a home run and a double off this pitcher. You went four for four with four home runs off this pitcher. Don't change a thing. Just keep your approach the same. Amari Cooper has got to be offensive weapon number one. I'm also looking, and you said this yesterday, and I thought it was brilliant. What If they decide that they're going to spend more time and attention on Amari Cooper, which why wouldn't they? I'm, I'm assuming in their lab, that's what they're drawing up. My plan 1A is a heavy, heavy dose of David Njoku. Those are the two pass catchers that have really developed a chemistry with Joe Flacco. So I, I'm also looking for uh, a lot of throws towards Njoku. Maybe even the most targets he's received <clears throat> in the game this year. Because I do think that the Texans are going to make it priority one to not let Amari Cooper dance all over them. Uh, it's funny. I, I don't really think they're going to try to run it much because with Flacco, they haven't needed to. Um, now I could be wrong. Maybe they are really trying to put together a package of run so they're two-dimensional. But they didn't need to be two-dimensional when they beat them the first time. So I would expect a lot of passing. Amari and Njoku are going to be the targeted guys. On defense, I really thought about this, and I'm kind of in a spot. I don't know if you want to send extra rushers or if you want to just play it straight, let the covers try to lead to coverage sacks. Because if we can call that split up for Stroud's numbers between pressure and clean pockets, you had mentioned yesterday that Cleve T.A. Was the first man coverage. No, specifically, and he's not good against man coverage. We know that. But the, the, the line I'm trying to draw here when I'm trying to figure out how to stop Stroud, clearly, I mean, I know that Cleve T.A. had some different numbers than what we're showing. But when we look at these numbers... I think he does just fine against pressure. Well, his PFF grade is the is the thing. Of it's course. The, it's it, the sixth biggest differential. Okay. Now, perhaps the reason for that is because his PFF grade in clean pockets is so damn it's high. Ridiculous, yeah. It's unbelievably high. I would like to see where his PFF grade ranks amongst all quarterbacks, not differential. The differential is explained because his PFF grade in clean pockets is absurdly high. Mm-hmm. So, if you're Jim Schwartz... The last thing you want to do is let him stand back there and pick you apart with clean pockets because you can't win if your opposing quarterback's PFF grade is 92.4. You're likely going to lose that game. On the flip side, he has usually you think you pressure young quarterbacks, you pressure them into turnovers. That has not been the case with this guy. His MO this year is a lot of uh, touchdowns to very few turnovers. In fact, um, I, and I looked into it, and it was slightly wrong the way Chris Rose presented it. I want to clean it up right now because when he said it, I, I said that has to be wrong. Chris was on earlier this week and said he's the third quarterback joining just Joe Montana and Tom Brady to, to do the following. Lead the league in passing yards per game and also lead the league in touchdown to interception ratio. It is correct, but he leads in passing yards, not total. He leads in passing yards per game among qualified quarterbacks. There are three quarterbacks who have had a better uh, passing yards per game among them, and at the top of that list is Joe Flacco. So 
it's a real quandary, guys, how you <clears throat> attack C.J. Stroud. He's been tremendous with a, with a uh, clean pocket, and he's been, in my view, above average with pressure. So blitz at your own risk, but I do think I would tend to lean more on the side of bringing pressure just because he's a young quarterback and this is a playoff game. Yeah, I'll take that risk. I'm bringing pressure. I'm down on pressure on the defensive side. I trust the corners to go man coverage on the outside. They've done it all year. Is that going to be your rule or you're going to do it here and there? Strategically. Quite a bit. I would do it quite a bit. The the Texans, to me, they don't have dynamic. I mean, Nico Collins is a a fine receiver, but we're not talking elite-style playmakers on the outside. Mm -hmm. And Tank Dell, we talked about the first time. Tank Dell's a huge loss for them, so... So I, I think that they're, the Browns are fine playing the way that they've played much of the year. Denzel, you've got this side of the field. Martin, you've got that side of the field. Let's go. Yeah. And, and cut Miles loose. Gee, I tend to agree with you. You said something earlier in the week about Miles got away from a little bit of the basketball stuff and a little mm-hmm. bit of the, like, sending him in motion. Playing it more straight. And I think that they probably <clears throat> were giving away a little bit too much in, yeah. in, in, for, in instances that they don't need it. I think they're going to turn Miles loose here and say, go be you. Big dog, just go go eat and go do what you want to do. Dribble between your legs. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Shoot some threes, dunk on them, yeah. whatever you want to do, big guy. You're going to see that playoff miles get. What about, miles what about offensively? Offensively, you know, we, we talked about earlier in the year before Flacco was like jumbo style, heavy set, screen passes, deep shots on third down. You can loosen that up a little bit more now okay. because of, of what Joe, the propensity of what Joe's shown. Remember, the first play of the game against Houston the first time was a deep shot down Amari. the field to yeah. Amari. I with you. I think all week long, Houston's defensive team has had number two circled in the in the film room of you can't let that happen again. Right. This to me feels like a David Njoku find a soft spot in the zone and destroy him. I agree. And and so I think it could be a big Njoku game. I don't think Amari's going to have a monster game just because I think Houston's going to pay so much attention to him. Play action, I think, is going to be huge on this. We've talked about it all year. Joe's so good at it. Kevin loves running it. I, I, I think that they will run it, but they're not going to set up. They're not going to run it first. I think they're going to throw it to set up the run. It's what they do all the time. Jason, you bring up a brilliant point. Uh, Jake Burns had an article out. <laughs> I encourage you to go read it on the Orange Brown report. And he talked about, you know, in, in the 12th, week 12 through 17, when Joe Flacco got it aboard, they're now running play action or pass 65% of the time yeah. on first down. And one of the reasons that the Browns offense has been so good is because they're just running, they're going against tendency. Like, you know, they're running, they can run play action any down. And before it was just, hey, let's just manage it. Just try to run screens, like you said. Now they're mixing it up completely where, where you got guys ready You to know, go. my hope to that is, because it's been such a trend, my hope to that is that Houston's defense didn't literally say no more biting on, on the play guys, fake. we got Tim, so let me get in here yeah. on, my, on my game plan. There's one word that sums up the game plan on both sides of the ball, and that's aggressive. I, I Forget this nonsense about shutting down Amari Cooper. If they could shut him down, they would have shut him down the first time. What? They didn't know the first game that he was the, by far the best weapon on the Browns? But, boy, yeah, but when a dude cooks you for 265. And, and, yeah, right, and there have been a lot of instances where the second game around, the team tried to go back to the well, and it wasn't there. Do we know that, or we just, like, we think we know that? No, I because don't know. of divisional play. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm sure I, you have, I too. I hear you, but, like, if it was that easy to shut a great receiver down, then it, it, 
then it wouldn't they wouldn't be blowing up as much as they do. I I'm going for Amari Cooper deep on the first play of the game again. I'm saying you guys can't stop anything. You can't stop our. Pe- yes, I'm gonna pepper Najoku a lot with the ball also, but I'm I'm not letting them take away Amari Cooper. There's no way Joe well, Flacco won't let to that happen. To your point, I mean Flacco didn't care. He's throwing in a He's double and triple coverage before. Yeah, Amari so. Cooper is gonna make. I'm gonna trust and, Amari Cooper against a double team to make a play. I don't care. And we'll defensively. No way I'm letting C.J. Stroud get comfortable. First of all, listen, the kid's phenomenal. He had a great year, but let's not be phonies about it. He took advantage of a garbage schedule. He played one of the weakest schedules in the history of the NFL. Do we know that? Oh, yes, we do. Wait, it's been rated one of the weakest in the history of the league? It was the the easiest schedule this year in the league. Was it? Yes. It was 32nd. It was, yes. Oh, I haven't seen that. Mike, okay, you have that confirmed? That's, an, that's an interesting stat. In I have not the, seen that. In terms of the past defenses he played. It no, was no, no. I'm talking about because they do rate schedules. You're yeah. right. Uh, but I have not seen that. If that's the case, we I, I, please find that out. He, I have not seen that they, they played fi- the 32nd best schedule. They, uh, against past defenses. I don't know for sure if it's. No, I would talk about schedule. Opponent's record. Yeah. But he, he faced three good defenses, three good pass defenses. And he didn't play great in any of those games. I know one of them was his first game. I don't care. The Browns, forget this nonsense. Sitting back. I'm Obviously, this changes a little if Denzel Ward didn't play. But if Denzel Ward's in there, I'm, Denzel, Nico Collins doesn't catch an, a, 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 a single ball. We shove him. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the assistant coach from Remember the Titans. Remember the it white sounds dude? Sounds like a hope and not a white plan. dude. The white coach who finally came around. He's like, I'm finally coming around. We don't let them get another yard. You hit them all night, and that's what you're going to do. Denzel Ward, Nico Collins, done. Here. I don't want nothing. The rest of their wide receivers, they're just slappy Jones. I don't care about them. We shut them down, and and you. I, I want JOK blitzing. I want my safeties <laughs> blitzing. I am going to knock C.J. Stroud on his ass. They don't have a good offensive line. He got to get. They got to sack him five, six, seven times. You know what? Kick his ass a, and make him uncomfortable. It's a blowout, bull. Let's go. See not now, five, here's the problem. Let's get it going. Six, to me, that sounds that sounds a lot like hope, and hope's not a plan. <laughs> I no hope all that stuff happens. We could ask someone who's played whether let's hope talk, is a Tim. plan or let's not. Go, let's go, Tim. Let's welcome in our Hall of Famer in one sec. But a quick reminder that tomorrow. WKYC has a full slate of pregame coverage for you. It starts at 2.30 with the pregame huddle. NBC's Football Night in America is at 3. The game kicks off at 4.30. We'll have two UCSS videos in the morning for you guys on the Uh YouTube channel. Jason will be texting with members, so if you're not a member, become a member. And with that, let's welcome in the newest college football Hall of Famer, Tim Couch, RQB1. Congratulations. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, man. It's an unbelievable honor to be in the College Football Hall of Fame, obviously going in with an incredible group of players, you know, with Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald and Julius Peppers and Warwick Dunn, and just completely honored to have my name mentioned with those guys and just blown away by it, honestly. If only you had those two receivers to throw to when you were playing for the Browns. Huh? <laughs> and that yeah, yeah, man. I had some, I had some great players at Kentucky. Craig Yeast was my uh, my main receiver. He, uh, when he graduated, he was a leading receiver in the history of the SEC. Ended up getting drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals uh, that year. I tried to get Cleveland to pick him. Uh, they said he was a little bit too small, but the guy the guy was a, a great football player. The running back was Anthony White, who was a, a great dual threat back. Uh, you know, he, we could line him up at wide receiver. He was great uh, running routes and catching passes and that type of offense. So uh, had, had some great players around me, a great coaching staff, and Hal Mummy. Mike Leach was my offensive coordinator. So uh, just uh, just truly grateful and honored uh, to be going in and thankful for those teammates and coaches that I had an opportunity to play with. Yeah, well said. Very well said. How do you look at this game, Tim? 
Yeah, I think you guys are all over it. Uh, you know, I think um, I love the matchup. I really do. I think Cleveland really matches up with these guys. Obviously, they put it on them uh, pretty heavily a few weeks ago, and that was without C.J. Stroud, and it's going to be a little different. But, you know, I think you still have the same type of mentality. You you get up in these receivers' faces. I think our DBs can lock these guys down. You put pressure on C.J. Stroud. You switch up the looks uh, quite a bit on him. You don't just line up in man coverage. You, you show him man, play zone, uh, show blitzes, drop into zone coverages, those kind of things confuse a rookie quarterback. This is his first start in the playoffs, you know, and, that, and that's a big deal. He had a great season, not taking anything away from him, but this is a completely different animal uh, going to the playoffs. The intensity picks up. Uh, the decision-making, every, every every throw, every possession, every play is so critical in these playoff games, and it's up to the Browns to create some turnovers, confuse C.J. Stroud, never let him get comfortable in this game, get the hits on him, confuse, uh, switch up the uh, the coverages and the blitzes, and, and just keep him guessing the entire game. Tim, to your point, I mean, rookie quarterbacks making their first NFL playoff start against quarterbacks that are not rookies have – win less than a third of the time. There's a reason for that, right? right? I mean, there's a new level of pressure, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're talking about a guy like Flacco, who's probably, I don't know what the number is. He's probably started 15 or 20 playoff games 15, in his career. He's obviously It's 15. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, the guy's been through it. So uh, th this will not phase Joe Flacco whatsoever. This is just another game to him. He, he understands that there's a lot of emotions going into these type of games. And I think you know, the biggest thing, I, you know, that you take into a game like this is once the emotions settle down and the game starts, you're just playing football. And it's about the little things. It's about execution. It's about technique. It's about the things that got you there. And the emotions really don't play into it. Uh, so, you, you know, a lot of the younger guys, it takes them a while to, to figure that out. But Joe's an experienced guy who's been in this league a long time, been in this situation many times over. So he's going to feel comfortable. This defense is going to feel really comfortable. Uh, you know, they're going to do their thing. They're going to play man coverage. They're going to get after the quarterback. And uh, hopefully Joe and, and Amari can have another game like they had uh, a few weeks ago against this team. Tim, you know, how, and, you know, when you talk about the offense and you, you're a quarterback, you know, how, you know, how does it help you when you are breaking tendencies? A lot of what the Browns have done, uh, with Joe Flacco has been about breaking tendencies on first down play action and different things like that. And it just seems like when you, when you can break tendencies, things start to open up a little bit because the defense is guessing a little bit. Can you, you just speak to that? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, I think, um, you know, guys spend so much time in the film room in preparation for these games and trying to get an understanding and a feel for what you're doing. And you show them one thing and, and make them think that, that you're giving them exactly what they want to see and you do something different off of it and they're just not prepared for it, you know. So, uh, you know, wrinkles off of, uh, you know, certain formations and that you have a heavy tendency and run or pass and just switching those up can get to can it can really lead to some easy completions and some big throws and some and some chain movers some first downs uh those type of things so it's very critical to to self-evaluate throughout the season of where you know we're really heavy in this uh in this in this formation with the run or the pass or the play action and to really switch things up and have some little little wrinkles off of that you know some bootlegs some reverses some you know so, some whatever it is you know some shots down the field and it, it keeps the defense guessing and never and it makes them question themselves of all the film study and preparation they've done all week of uh, preparing for you and your formations and your shifts and motions and personnel groupings. It just keeps them on their heels a little bit. Tim, you mentioned Amari, and we were talking earlier about obviously he had a huge game against Houston the first time around and expected defense yeah. to pay close attention to him. Joe throws it in double coverage. He's throwing it into triple coverage. Is the quarterback, what makes a good throw into double coverage? When is a good time to do it and when is not? 
Well, you know, I think it's all about, you know, it's situational. You know, it depends on, you know, where you're at in the game. Do you need to take a chance? What's the score? You know, a lot of things factor into it. And then, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, each quarterback's a little different. You know, you got guys like, you know, Mahomes or, you know, a Flacco or somebody who has a huge arm who, who can fit throws into a tighter spaces than a lot of other quarterbacks can. So Joe's going to try things that other quarterbacks wouldn't attempt. Um, you know, he, he knows his game. He's, he's been in this league a very long time. He knows the throws he can get away with and the ones he can't. And it's all about anticipation. You know, if you're going to throw a ball into tight coverage where there's a, you know, it's double coverage, and but you can still fit it in there. It has to be, you know, you have to throw the ball with anticipation on time with accuracy. And the ball has to be in a, in a great location and those type of things. And Joe knows all those things. He's done it forever. Uh, so, so it's, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, every quarterback's a little different. Everybody, each person's going to take some more chances than the, than the next guy. But, uh, you know, Joe knows his game. He's going to go out and do what he's been doing his whole career. Tim, the uh, Browns, since Joe Flacco has taken over, have been extremely pass-heavy. Uh, they went from being a team that ran the ball 23rd or, or, or 8th most, I think it was, on first down, to being the team that throws the ball most often on first down. They were more balanced against the Jets, but overall, they've been lopsided passing. Should they stick with that because that's what's worked? Or do they have to be more balanced to win in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good question. I, you know, I, I would say you stick with what you've been doing. You know, it's been, you, they've been so successful in creating big plays in, in this offense in the passing game. And, you know, Joe's, Joe's, you know, first down for a quarterback is, is awesome to throw the ball on. Quarterbacks really love throwing the ball on first down because you're not getting those exotic blitzes and those, those disguised coverages. Normally you're getting a single high safety. You get a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside. You know, teams bring that extra player down in the box to defend against the run. So it really opens things up on the outside for the quarterback. It paints a really clear picture for him. Uh, so I would, I would anticipate the Browns continue to just do what they've been doing. Joe's been on a hot streak the last several weeks of putting, uh, you know, throwing for over, you know, 300 yards in all those games. Amari's uh, been hot. You know, I think they continue to do the same thing. You know, you got to mix in the run, but I think you kind of, you know, use the pass to open up the run in this situation where you come out and you take shots at them early and soften that defense up. And then on first down where they say, well, these guys are taking shots on first down. They're playing two high safeties. Then you can sneak in some runs and you get your four or five, six yard gains on first down and you stay ahead of the chains that way. So I, I anticipate the Browns just continue to do what they've been doing. Tim, Houston has tape from the last game. They've looked at it, and number two jumps out of the film all over the place. So they've been looking at this for the last week, trying to devise a game plan to stop him. During your career, and I, I don't want to use divisional opponents because you're so familiar with divisional opponents, but the second time you play a team in a season, and that might happen only if you're in the playoffs or a divisional opponent, what are some things that Houston will try to do defensively to make sure that Amari doesn't set another record on them? Yeah, well, they're just going to have to, uh, you know, really get get the double, get the safety cheated over to his side, you know, double teaming Amari, making someone else beat him. You know, I expect David Njoku to have a huge game this week. You know, I think he's going to be a big target because they're not going to sit back and let Amari Cooper get 265 yards or whatever he had in the last game. They're just, you know, this is the NFL. They're going to take it away. If No matter if they've put three guys over there, they're not going to let Amari do that again. You know, I still expect Amari to come out and have a good game. Not, not obviously to that level, but I think he'll, he'll get his touches. He'll get his catches. Um, but, but they're going to try and take him away. You know, they're going to roll coverage to his side. 
Uh, you know, like I said, they're going to keep an eye on him and uh, not let him get behind the secondary like he did so many times in that in that first game. So other guys are going to have to step up. You know, you, the, if they're going to play deep over top of Mari, then the underneath routes or the crossing routes, the underneath routes tight end, like I said, Njoku will be wide open in this game. He's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of looks. So, you know, just the other guys have to step up and uh, and pick up the slack. If they're going to try and take that take away that one guy, then that's opening up opportunities all over the field for other guys. Got the, the Browns other- winning, Tim? Yeah, you know, I, I really feel good about this game. I do. I, I love the matchup. I, you know, I, like I said earlier, I think our DBs against their wide receivers, I think, is is a huge advantage for us. You know, I think we can lock up, get in their face, uh, man-to-man coverage, you know, make it tough, you know, disrupt the timing of the offense, make it tough for those wide receivers to get off the line of scrimmage, make C.J. Stroud hold the ball, an extra beat so Miles Garrett and, and those guys, Darius Smith, can get home and get pressure on the quarterback. So I, I think ultimately the Browns win this game. Joe continues to play. Uh, as, as he's played the, the last several weeks. And, uh, you know, I think the Browns get a huge uh, playoff victory on the road. It'd be nice. Let's get on to Baltimore if that's yes, what sir. happens. Tim, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk next week. Thank Hopefully you guys. we're talking about a matchup. That'd be great. Sounds good. All right. Go Browns. Hall of Fame. Right, see you guys. Tim Couch. Right. It's got a ring to it, yeah, by the yeah, way. I was yeah. just going to say that. Got that's, got a nice, that's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. All right, McNuggets, what do we have? We got six stats this week, and our six-pack of stats is brought to us by FanDuel. The NFL regular season may be over, but playoffs are gearing up, and that means there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is simple to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including Live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Quickly before you dive into those because we kind of left it hanging. Um, I don't know if there is an official number that uh, the NFL doesn't do a strength of schedule. Um, Team Rankings does. That's the one that I've typically used. What do they got? They have Houston at 30th. 30, not 32. Yeah, not 32. And what's that based on? Which, which, by the way, makes sense. Well, there's a it's a too complicated formula to go into. It's based on this is the most up to date one. This was like now that we have all the data from the regular season. So this was not like looking at the season before it started and what the schedules might be. Yeah. This was all the aggregate data. All right, 30, not 32. And by the way, that kind of makes sense if you think about it. Like. Obviously, they have the Browns next year as the number one most difficult schedule in the NFL. Why? Well, they play in the best division. Number two is Cincinnati. Number three is Pittsburgh. So when you look at worst strength of schedule for the season, you would expect that those teams would be from the worst division. And right. I don't think the AFC South was the worst division. I mean, the, the no, NFC, NFC the, South was this year. Yeah, yeah the yeah. NFC South was worse. And by the way, Atlanta, New Orleans... Are but 32 they were and also 31. playing a fourth-place schedule from last year. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. We have Jonathan Wells in 15 minutes, so we've got six stats. We're going to fly through these pretty quickly. But first, we've got to start with the playoff Joe Flacco numbers. We've talked about him all week, but just to hammer home and emphasize how impressive he's been in his playoff career. He's 10-5 and five overall in the playoffs. He has five wins in the wildcard round. That's the most ever. He's 6-0 and in his first playoff game. He's never gone one and done in the playoffs. He has seven road playoff wins tied with Tom Brady for the most ever. If he beats Houston this week, it will be Mr. Flacco at number one. Tom Brady moves to number two. And here's my favorite Joe Flacco playoff start. Between tomorrow and his last playoff start, there will be a 3,290-day break between his last playoff start 
and tomorrow. Jeez. That is the second longest in NFL history, only behind Drew Bledsoe, 4,382 days mm. oh, wow. from 1987 to 1999. His last playoff start for Mr. Flacco was January 10th, 2015. That's a good stat. Bledsoe, 87 to 99. Nine, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, no, it wasn't that long. Bledsoe was Bledsoe. In 87, Bledsoe wasn't even in the league in 87. No, maybe I'll, I'll double check no, that, but was. I know it's yeah. the second last, second longest. Ninety-seven. Yeah, it had to be ninety-seven. Yeah, but I, that it's be... a good stat. You screwed that part up. It's a little <laughs> weird that you're calling him Mr. Flacco. Mr. Flacco, he's earned my respect. I know. The utmost respect. Have you guys Mr. seen Flacco. the Tim Misney billboard? Yes. Yes. We did a story on it yesterday on five him o'clock pay. on Channel Three. He had a sweatshirt that he had made. It's one of one. It said Flacco fans since 2023. I thought it was great. <laughs> really, Flacco. really well done. Mr. Flacco. Okay, second. Let's start with the highs and lows of Joe, though, in this offense. So since he's taken over for the Browns, the Browns are averaging 5.8 yards per play. Now, before that, they were averaging 5.1 with Deshaun Watson, 4.2 with PJ, and 3.5 wow. with DTR. Yeah. So their play, we talk about it, looks more explosive. They've been more efficient. In the most simplest term, they average almost an entire yard more per play with Flacco than they had with any quarterback previously. But here's the stat with Flacco that translates to this game specifically tomorrow. On the season, Cleveland finished the year with the 29th third down offense in football. They only converted 31.6 of their third down conversions. Now with Flacco, you would think they'd be better, but they were only slightly better, 33.8%. That would have ranked 28. So one spot better with Flacco than they were in totality with Flacco, Deshaun, PJ, DTR, and that includes Jeff Driscoll. Houston, on the other hand, has the fifth-ranked third-down defense. They only allow conversions on 35.7% of third downs. When they matched up in the first matchup, despite the fact that Cleveland destroyed Houston, they're only 6-for-6 six six on third down. They did go for it on a couple fourth downs because, obviously, Dustin Hopkins and Corey Bjorquez got hurt. But how the Browns do on third down, which has not been great this season against how Houston defends third down, another key matchup to watch come Saturday. I think the thing that jumps out to me at that is I'm surprised – how low that percentage is with Joe Flacco. Yeah. Now, maybe the sample size is small because I can think of a lot of drives where they never got to third down. So maybe they had fewer third down opportunities, but still their conversion rate is much lower than I would have expected. I, that was a surprise now too. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to CJ Stroud. Some of these we have talked about, but once again, just want to reemphasize. So the difference between Stroud and Case Keenum, and this is why we could talk about anything we want, but the difference in that Week 16 matchup first tomorrow is night and day. With Stroud, the Texans averaged 5.6 yards per play, just .2 yards lower than what Flacco averaged. In 155 plays without Stroud this year, they averaged 3.9. Wow. That was dead last in the NFL. So almost two yards different per play when Stroud's under center versus Case Keenum, Davis Mills, anyone else. Jeez. This season, Stroud, since the Super Bowl era, Average 8.2 yards per attempt. That's the third highest for any rookie. The only two higher, Ben Roethlisberger and Deshaun Watson. Shout out to Sean. On the flip side, he had a 1% interception rate, the second lowest of any rookie in the quarterback era. So he pushes the ball downfield, doesn't turn the ball over. Beyond impressive what he's done. On the flip side, here's where it helps the Browns. We've talked about this a little bit. According to ESPN's QBR against zone coverage this year, number one rated quarterback in terms of QBR against zone coverage, 73.9. However... He's only 27th against man coverage. That drops down to 38.8. And the Browns, as we know, run cover one, man one, whatever you want to call it, 39% of the time, which is the third most in the NFL. Denzel Ward's their best man cover corner. We'll see if he plays. It's trending in the right direction. And as Bull mentioned earlier, this is from Cleve T.A., who if you don't follow Cleve T.A. on Twitter, you should. Guy's a genius. But first time 
Playoff quarterbacks versus non first time playoff quarterbacks since 20, uh, 2002 are 17 and 36 straight up. Stroud's weaknesses is when he gets pressured. He goes from being one of the best quarterbacks in football to not one of the best in terms of being pressured by PFF grades. It's the sixth biggest drop off from any quarterback. Mike, so get Jay pressure. Was asked, yeah, Jay I was, was going to ask him, question, can you dive into that? Yeah, where does he yes. actually rank? Not not in the biggest drop-off. Yeah, because Jay made a good point. He's got a high bar that he's starting at. Yeah, so yeah. where is where does he fit in on yeah. his under-pressure QBI? So, in the clean pocket grade, he is the third-rated PFF quarterback. In I would terms expect of that, but where is he in the, in the in pressure? The, he's 23rd. So it uh, drops okay. off. It's not, not a giant drop off. Yeah, but, but it's the not good, but it's not 30 second. I mean, it's no, not no, like no. when you say sixth biggest differential, um, when you set a high bar for yourself in one category, you would expect there to be a huge gap in your floor. My point is, if you're asking if I could place the third quarterback or the 23rd, give me the 23rd all day. Oh, so, yeah, well, listen, you definitely want to get without Where is Flacco in those rankings? Do we know? Uh, he actually doesn't qualify. Hasn't thrown enough passes. Doesn't have enough in throws. The, in the total. Oh. But I can tell you his PFF grade – under pressure versus not, if you want. I yeah. guess, and, and, Give me one sec to pull it up. He's still 12 years old. I, I'm not going to keep talking about somebody who's He's got 13. a library card, doesn't got, he? Look, this Just is, got it. This is crazy. I know C.J. Stroud is good, but good gracious, we got to go through his stat book? Like, yeah. he, he, like, I'm with Boo. Who have you played? Like I'm just I'm I didn't even know it. I'm just By the way, it out. Jay right? mentioned they had the 30th strength of strength of schedule, right? But C.J. Stroud didn't play against the Browns, which is one of the best teams they played. Yeah, but Facts. I don't know how that factors into. I mean, you, there's still 21 other players that played against the Browns. No, but my point is, it was. I said it was the wor- he played the worst schedule. Well, you're saying it's 30th, so there's two teams that are worse. Yeah. However, he missed the, one of the best teams they played. Yeah. So yeah, no, he personally, I'm saying. Yeah, probably- I, and I think the reason I jumped at what you said was you said it was the worst schedule in NFL history. Well, I was, that was So I was hyperbole. like, man, I that, haven't seen that, that was, one. Uh, was that was hyperbole. I was that was Vinny. You yes, put the yes, hat on yes, Vinny yes, and yes. you're going to get some that of that. What do you want? Flacco's, Flacco's grades, by the way, he has a 73.4 PFF grade in a clean pocket, a 68.4 grade under pressure. So not much so of a, a very difference. And you know what that is? Off. That's the mark of a veteran yeah. against yeah. the mark of a rookie. Right. You would expect those numbers to have a huge gap for rookies. You would expect a veteran who's seen all of this for that. The numbers are very, very close. Joe might have the smallest disparity Probably. between his ceiling. I and was going to say, I can't remember one being. I that can't close. either. I so mean, that, that's almost identical. That's yeah. 68 grade under pressure. I bet you it's top 10. Right, Mike? Oh, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, well, once again, he's not qualified among but, the, right. the guys. But if you look at the grade, it would be up. I'm not, I can't count in my head and do that, but it's, it's near the top. Yeah, it's definitely okay. near the top. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number four. This was the one that came as a super chat on Monday that I wanted to save for today. So shout out to Dominic for sending the super chat in. Oh, but you said that. Guys, Kevin Stefanski's 10 and 0 against the AFC South in his career. He swept the division in 2020. He swept the division in 2023. He's 4 and 0 against the Texans, and he's played them every year in his career as a head coach. That's funny. He played in 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. He's 2 and 0 at NRG Stadium, where the game will be played tomorrow. The aggregate score. You add all four scores combined. 104 to 64. The average margin of victory, 10 points. Only one of them was even remotely close. And that aggregate score looks way better because the Browns put their, uh, took their foot off the gas. It was 36-7. They let yeah. Houston score That's two garbage-time touchdowns. If you take the, his but he's 10-0 and 4-0 and against the and, Texans. And if you take his games against the AFC South out of his career record, he's probably under 500. Yeah, I don't seven, think he's seven yet games over, over. Ten, 10 games over 500. No, 37-30. Wait, the wow. aggregate score? That doesn't make any sense. Mike. If you combine all four scores. Oh, just yeah, against the, the Texans. Okay. Yeah. 
Because I was going to say 100 points. In the yeah. four games. Four games versus uh, My bad. Uh, I would say, listen, just like I'm downplaying CJ's statistics a little bit because of who he's played against, I think that those stats to me aren't as impressive as they sound because until this year, the AFC South has been trash. Horrible. Yes. Yeah. And the Texans have been trash since Kevin Stefanski's been in the league, except for, I think, uh, his first season, Deshaun Watson was still in Houston. But they were bad in that year, even though he played well they were a bad team so uh, to me those stats don't mean much maybe the one argument I don't know what you guys think is you could say there's something to be said for the fact that many of these Texans players have never beaten the Browns yeah a perhaps. lot of their guys yeah I, it's I odd that, to me that they've played four straight years that almost never I'm happens trying to wrap my head around I can't that. remember the last it's time that's be happened five games against a non-divisional opponent in four years that's insane yeah that's well crazy. it's just an oddity they've both been really bad so maybe outside of 2020 I mean, 2020 the Browns made the playoffs they played them the next year I think the one thing I agree with you 100 yeah. percent bull someone once said wisely to me uh when you show trends that go back more than four years they're completely meaningless because history isn't playing Saturday. And so, right. you know, I mean, even the Browns history against the Steelers, when they show that, yeah, yeah but it, it doesn't really matter when you go past no. two or three or four years. Yeah. None of those guys are still around. No. None of the coaches are still around. I mean, this it's, is a way better Texans team than any team they've played in the last four years. So. I would definitely Without agree with doubt. that. All right, two more, guys, real quick. We talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about his heroic performance against the Texans the first time. We know he had 265 yards. That's the most any receiver had in the NFL this season. His 94.9 PFF grade that game was the highest they gave to any receiver. But here's, here's my favorite one. EPA, it's a, it's a simple analytic to show how much you added over expected to a game. He had a 23.2 EPA that game. No other player in the NFL, offense, defense, quarterback, kicker, any player in the NFL had an EPA – Single game over 20 this season. He was three and a half points better in terms of EPA than any other player in the NFL wow. had in any single game this season. Number two was DJ Moore, who had a 19.9 against Washington. He had three touchdowns, 230 yards in that game. Yeah. That was a 19.9. No other player clips 20. Amari had a 23.2 EPA True. against Houston. Yeah. That's that's another well, reason why it's just you can't you cannot yeah. expect him to approach that. Uh, no, I don't think anybody is. But I think it's interesting that. He caught passes against eight different DBs. It was like they tried everything. Tried everyone. <laughs> they were. You get out there and yeah. try it. I can't, I can't I, stop I didn't him even either. Know, I didn't even know teams had eight active DBs on the roster. Well, it's got to be all they have. Backs. One was a line. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, he, he was unbelievable. Great. Unbelievable. Yeah. And last one, we talked about the kicker concerns earlier. We talked about Riley Patterson filling in. Well, we went through his numbers. And just to make you all feel a little bit better, if this does, in his career he's played Houston twice, four for four. Three for three on extra points. Career in domes, which is where this game's being played. 39 for 40, 25 at 26 on extra right, points. Good. And in the playoffs, also two games, he's four for four, three of three. So that's, he's not Dustin Hopkins. That's impressive. However, if that's the guy we have to rely on to replace our all pro caliber kicker, I mean, look at this. It could be worse, is I, all I'm I, saying. For me, I feel His like numbers if, are great. if the kick's 45 and under, I feel good he's going to make it. Anything more than forty-five, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be confident. And, and That's the line. And for you me. should probably anything more than forty-five. You Let's should go be, for it. Probably being aggressive. Yeah. Well, I'm sure one of the things that and they, they do this every game. Someone will chart his pregame kicks and report to Kevin Stefanski that beyond forty-five yards, he was seven of nine. Yeah. Uh, beyond fifty, he was four of five. Beyond fifty-five, he was two of five. Whatever they, you know. Someone will chart that. Someone will hand it to Stefanski, and Stefanski will call plays during the game mm -hmm. yeah. based on that information. Can you know? Should we 
punt here? Should we try a long field goal? And yeah. because it's a dome, it's just great kicking conditions. Sure. That, that's great. Jason, we were having a conversation earlier this week where I wasn't aware that his numbers were as good as they were with Detroit. He missed two field goal tries. Mm. Uh, Bull was kind of theorizing that, and, and, and there's some data to back it up, that he was cut simply because he just didn't have a long leg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do you I have any he, intel on he only, why he was let go by Detroit? He only attempted four field goals over 39 yards this year. Now, Detroit that's, scores a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, a that's lot a of really touchdowns. That's a low number. Yeah. It is a low number. And he was I, three for four. And, over, and perhaps, yeah. you know, look, if, if you know that information, that he just doesn't have the big leg, yeah. then they were punting or going for it in those situations. Right, right, right. I do know Detroit's aggressive, yeah. and they go for sure. it a lot. That was my first thought. And Dan yeah. Campbell probably more often than not just said, let's go. Joe, yeah. Let's go. That, yeah. I, I, the bottom line is, I think, for them, and they, they had another kicker there, and they, they said, hey, if we need a long field goal in the playoffs, we don't trust this guy to make it. Yeah, they it. did it. Bull it. said he yeah. read they did an internal competition, and they were doing it for a number of weeks. And week after week after week, it was turning up not in his favor. Yeah. So they let him go. Yeah. Now, you, the last thing you want to be is, to, if you're Detroit, if our guy hits a big kick in a playoff game, they, they, and they lose a game in the playoffs because be their kicker oh, missed, yeah, yeah. holy cow, that's I, a that's a Cleveland type ending to I, a season. I know you tell. All I know right now is if you tell me the Browns need a 48 yard field goal to win the game, if Dustin Hopkins is the kicker, I have zero concern. With this guy, I'm not sure. Sure, I have concern. Yeah, okay. it's 50 50. We'll see. That's how I feel about it. it. Hopefully, it's one week. Hopefully, Hopkins can be back next yeah. week. This week being in the dome. And we'll, and we'll see. But, yeah, of course you're going to be concerned. With oh, is, isn't it concerning, though, that they kind of ruled him out on Tuesday? Yes. Yes. In terms of possibly next week. He, I, he I, is I, kicking. Yeah, I, practice tend, I tend to think I tend to think that maybe there's a chance next week. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy said the same thing. Jimmy said that, obviously, the chances improved just because of the time. But right, he yeah. said the same thing. He, th- he thought that if it does go another week, that he'll be out there. I think I think Delpit and, and Hopkins. Both he said the same back. for Delpit. Yeah, you're that. you're playing in a cold weather city next week, no matter what happens. Yeah. Yes, there's no, the only warm weather or a dome team that could still be in the playoffs with the Browns is Miami, and the Browns can't play Miami. Next yeah, week. and when you're talking cold, or Kansas, can play Miami. But Kansas, be here. the Kansas City game this weekend. Uh, someone on the Weather Channel, and I, maybe it's changed since, but I saw on the Weather Channel oh Wednesday. God. Eight degrees, wasn't it? And it, they said it has the potential to be the coldest NFL game ever. Wow. Now, that's yeah, cold. That's, that's a mean, statement. That is a statement. They, yeah. You know, they said, you know, if you look at some of the data and the wind chill and everything else, it could be, it could end up being the coldest NFL game ever. I heard negative 40 wind chill factors for areas Today it's going to be crazy because you got that game and then the Pittsburgh at Buffalo game is supposed to be a blizzard. Yesterday, someone told me that there's a possibility that game gets no, played. Apparently, that was bogus. That was okay. Some cloud. I, I texted yeah. you guys a, a tweet I saw from some sports talk host. Yeah. Someone told me said they, they oh, asked yeah. me, "Have Boy. you heard that that game's going to be played in Cleveland?" I said, you "I haven't probably heard a saw that I, tweet too." We had three people. I'll never forget in my life. We had three people my junior year that was from Florida. They just quit. <laughs> like it was we was going to the turf field and it was like sleet and raining and snowing and it was like maybe 10 degrees like quit the team just turn their scholarships in <laughs> like here get take this back I ain't I'm doing going it. to UCF we tried to get them like yo bro you got to talk to your people they said no nah, I, I ain't talking to moms I'm getting I'm on the first flight back to Florida wow three people that tops my when I was cut. <laughs> 
I know we're going to have Jonathan on in a minute. I, I covered I covered Jonathan at Ohio State. He probably doesn't remember this. Yeah. I covered those teams in San Antonio Holmes when receivers from Florida. He said, bro, I looked up in the dorm. I saw snow. I went back to bed. <laughs> well, speaking of our next guest, Jonathan, well, we're going to bring him in one second. 1230, as you guys know, we hop over from YouTube to WKYC for 30 minutes of never-seen-before content. Brand new, you can't find it anywhere but WKYC Channel 3 or the WKYC Plus Bull apps. Likes, looks like he's in the Make ninth sure grade you see there. it. Make mm, sure you tune without in. The beard. Mm. We'll be talking about all Browns-Texans preview, but I don't know if I've been as excited, guys, for this next guest as I am. For Jonathan Wells joining us. There he is. I have seen Jonathan the Texans running back. The legend. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Wells, so this is a true story. This morning on our call, McNugget said, I don't know Jonathan Wells, but I got to tell you, I could feel his energy and electricity coming through my text. I said, yeah, you're about to get introduced to it. He's high energy and he brings it. <laughs> what's, what's up? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm good, good to see man. you again, Jonathan. Jonathan and I had some legendary arguments on the bull and fox show back in the day we would about hugh jackson right <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, man, I, I lost i lost that battle by the way <laughs> hey, that's why we have them my, here's my favorite memory of jonathan and jonathan you may remember this he came over to my house to watch an ohio state michigan game and when the game was over he said hey you want to go on facebook live with me and i said what the hell's that? <laughs> and he goes, oh, man, I'll show you. I'll show you. You'll see. You'll see. You set up your phone and you go on Facebook and people yell at you. And I'm like, that was literally the first time I had ever done anything streaming. So we put his yeah. phone up and within seconds, the comments were going. I couldn't even read them. They were going yeah. so fast. We couldn't see them. And Jonathan and I sat there and we talked about the Ohio State Michigan game for about a half an hour on, on your Facebook yeah. Live account. And, and he does them yeah. every, and yeah. I still watch them. <laughs> he does it by he does it poolside now though. Yeah, yeah. I know he does. Oh, Jonathan's quality of life has greatly improved. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. Now, hey. You texted me earlier this week when I asked you to come on. Texans exclamation point exclamation point. Tell us why you think they're gonna win. Well, first of all, man, y'all know I'm an honorary Brown, so salute to you guys, man. I'm, I'm glad everything is going well up there in Cleveland for y'all. Um, I don't know, man. I just think this home field advantage, and I think this C.J. Stroud kid is just special, man. You know, obviously he didn't play in the first game. I think that's going to make a huge difference. I think now that we're going to be used to seeing the speed from Amari Cooper, I think that game that we played him is actually going to work out in our favor, and you guys resting these guys last week. I think we're going to be able to steal this one from you guys. Wow. How do you see it playing out? Low scoring, close? I think I think it's gonna be low scoring. I got I gotta give respect to the Browns defense. They've been amazing all year long. Obviously, when you have Miles Garrett, anything can happen with that guy rushing off the edge. Um, so you know it's gonna really just determine, you know, Coach Slowick, the offensive coordinator, how he moves the pocket. We definitely can't just depend on CJ sitting back there. We gotta continuously move the pocket, uh, be creative with our play calling like we have been. And uh, you know, I think we can hit some plays down the field uh, once we get some time back there. You know, Jonathan, you, I'm going to tell you what, you've been high on C.J. Stroud dating back mm -hmm. all the way to Ohio State games. I remember the first time, uh, I remember catching you live, and they lost to Oregon. And I remember you reading these guys the riot act talking about, listen, listen, he, young, he a young dude, we going to ride with him, he going to get better. And then you see what he put together going through Ohio State and now with the Texans. What did you, obviously, you know, you've probably spoken to him. What did you see in him way back then that made you so high on him? Because a lot of people didn't see this coming in the pros. A lot of people didn't see that. 
Well, nobody saw it coming in the pros. Well, here's what I saw. The kid has always been crazy accurate. He's always been able to make any single throw from anywhere on the football field, dating back from the first time we saw him at Ohio State. So I knew just give him a little bit of time to work with Ryan Day, with the staff, and he would, he would be a great player. They're talking about the Oregon loss. I'm like, dude, he almost threw for 500 yards. What do you want him to do? Y'all looking at the wrong thing. The defense is the problem. C.J. Stroud has never been the problem. When we lost to Michigan, C.J. Stroud was not the problem. Like, it was the defense yet again. So people just didn't see it. But after I was really, really convinced after that Georgia game. When I saw what he was able to do against the SEC defense, I came on, on radio here the next day at the game in Cleveland. I'm sorry, in Houston, and said C.J. Stroud is the guy for the Houston Texans, and I've been standing on it ever since. Wow. John, I'm curious. Uh, Nico Collins, his first two years in the league, he was fine. He was okay, but yeah, he didn't put, put up any numbers. But this year, obviously, and especially, you know, and he, he's been, Tank Dell was great before he got hurt, but Col- he's been fantastic. Is it just that he has C.J. Stroud, or has his game as an individual gotten a lot better this year too? I love Nico. Nico's been here. This is his third year. Nico, is a, he works extremely hard. Uh, I know that he's getting a lot of tutelage from my guy, Andre Johnson, as well. And I just think it was it was his time. Obviously, having a quarterback like C.J. Stroud has elevated this whole franchise. I mean, everybody is playing out of their mind. The first month of the season, we were down three to four offensive linemen. We were taking guys off the streets, just throwing them in there. And the kid continued to get better. But Nico has stepped his game up. Noah Brown has stepped his game up. All of this is because of C.J. Stroud, make no doubt about it. This kid has ignited this franchise with positive energy, and it's just flowing throughout the building and throughout the team. Our fa- our, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Are fans even excited about this game in Houston? We were talking before the show. It just feels like <laughs> Listen. there's no buzz down there. Nah, 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 nah. Listen. Uh, you're going to see tomorrow when, when it's time to turn it up. We're going to have an NRG rocking. We're going to get it popping. Uh, you know, they still like kind of on the fence because they've been so down and, you know, they let them up. So they, they, they ready to buy in, but I think this win right here actually get them to all the way come back in. You know, Damian Pierce was a starting uh, running back last year. He had a decent season. He was a starting running back in the beginning of this year. Their running game has been a lot different, Jonathan. You would know better than anybody else since Singletary's become the guy. And Singletary was kind of disappointing in Buffalo, but he's been he's been good. I mean, he's played his best football uh, since becoming the Texans back. What's been the difference to you between those two guys? Well, uh, DP, like I said, he was coming off an injury last year. It took him a little bit of time to get into his rhythm early into the season. Uh, he, he got hurt. And once again, you know, this league, man, you get hurt, somebody gets in there, gets into a rhythm, yep. that's it. You know, and you got to give Singletary, you got to take your head off the Singletary because he got his opportunity and he stepped up and he's been making huge plays for us. And I think just the difference is he may just be a little bit more patient than Damien. Damien is a violent runner like myself. He's always looking for the contact. He's looking to create the contact. Singletary is, is more subtle. He's more uh, has more holes in the hole, uh, moves in the hole, and he's been able to you know do what he needs to do to uh, help us get some some winning some winning football out of the run game up here. So, but we need both of those guys. I think we'll need both of them tomorrow. Jonathan, we talked earlier this week uh, about what part of the storylines for this game would Deshaun Watson fit into. Just because. Obviously, he's not playing. We know that. But these franchises are forever connected because of the trade. 
I'm wondering what the average Texans fan view is of Deshaun Watson now and how they judge the trade that brought them three first-round draft picks and, let's be honest, put them in this football game. Uh, I'll speak for the city of Houston. I don't think there's zero – I don't think there's anybody in the city of Houston that has mentioned Deshaun Watson this year. We have our quarterback of the future. We are not looking for We thank you guys for taking him off our hands. But we, we are in good hands with Allstate down here, baby. Good luck to that. Good luck to that guy. We good. We CJ Stroud to the to the to the wheels fall off down. All here. Right. We ain't thinking about that guy. Well then we'll take one of those first round draft picks back if you're yeah, good. Next year's back to twenty four back. Hey, Jonathan, I mean, this Joe Flacco story is is crazy. Right? I mean, this is yeah. nuts. I, could you have ever imagined he'd be playing this well? No, absolutely not. Not after all that time off. But, hey, man, when you get those those cagey veterans, he's got nothing to lose. He has a team full of talent around him. And the guy's coming and he's making plays. So you got to salute him, man. You know, big salute to Joe Flacco. Hopefully we can get his big butt on the ground tomorrow <laughs> a few times. Or, or, or he can throw. He, Joe, you got to throw me something tomorrow, baby. You got to throw me something. You got to throw me one or two of them things tomorrow. I need you, baby. Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, Jonathan, speaking of, speaking of the Browns passing game, Amari uh, Cooper ate the lunch of every defensive back on the Texans last time. How, what's their game plan going into this game? Because he killed them. Triple team. I don't know. They better do something. <laughs> I, I don't know what we're going to do. Honestly, I don't know. But I, I, I think that, like I said, I think that that will play into our favor. Our guys are going to have a big chip on their shoulder because of how he did them last time. And hopefully, you know, we'll throw a, a couple wrinkles in there. We'll be able to hold him to, oh, uh, man, 100 yards or less because, man, too, he went crazy last game. My goodness. D'Amico Ryans or Kevin Stefanski make the case for coach of the year. D'Amico Ryans, man, y'all all y'all won, y'all been winning eight, nine, ten games. Nobody saw the Texans doing this with a rookie head coach, with a rookie quarterback. Offensive line has been decimated the whole season. Nobody saw the Texans being in the playoffs. D'Amico Ryans is not even close. What kind of effect has he had on this team? Because it wasn't that long ago, Houston was about as toxic and dysfunctional as Cleveland, and yeah. it's like gone, just like that. Quarterback and coach, that's it. That's all it takes. Well, when you have a quarterback and a coach that mesh as well as those two do, remember, both of them have a very big Christian faith, and they just have the same uh, thought process. Uh, the young energy that the Coach Ryans has brought to the building, it was instant. I was there the day he got hired, and he just he has this aura about himself. It's a quiet, calm confidence, and that's how the team has been reacting. Him and CJ have been a match made in heaven. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. We got our guys for the next five to ten years down here. So now we just got to figure out this injury bug. I feel like every game we're losing two to three players every week. Don't talk to we us about injuries. Injury bug. <laughs> yeah, we got to tell huh? <laughs> Don't talk to us about injuries. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it's the wrong thing to be talking to. We, we started the COVID virus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the origin was the Browns. Yeah. Center. That's, that's the only thing that's been killing us, man. We haven't played with our full starting lineup the whole year. We have not played with all of them yet. It's the two most crazy, injured teams but... in the NFL. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, yes, hey sir. Jonathan, before we let you go, Ryan Day, what do you think about him right we now? We got to get that. Got to yeah. get to it. Stay or go. We and get and, and to do you it. want Vrabel to go if if it's Ryan's out? I'm a Ryan Day guy. I'm a Ryan Day guy. Right. Um, 
I think I think Ryan Day has done what he needed to do. He had to fix the defense. When he had those explosive quarterbacks, when he had those offenses scoring 35, 40, 50 points a game, we didn't have a defense. Jim knows to his credit since he's been here, he's brought our defense back inside of the top 10 in most statistics. Um, I think we're going in the right direction. We just don't have big enough bodies on the D-line, which is why we're wearing down in the fourth quarter, and Michigan has been able to push us around in the fourth quarter. Other than that, it's been really even. I, and I, I, I like Ryan Day. I'm not ready to fire him, uh, but we got to beat Michigan, so we need to figure that out ASAP. But I like Ryan Day. All right. Great stuff. Good I, to listen, see you, Jonathan. Jonathan's right on a lot of things long-term picking out. Yeah. Great to see you, my friend. I, I, man, great to see you guys, I man. I see you working out, big dog. I still be watching, man. You be, <laughs> you be in this namaste yoga game on. Shout out to you. Let's hey, and, and our condolences in advance on the loss tomorrow. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Listen, shout out to the dog pound, but you know it's ace down to the casting drop. Let's go. <laughs> Jonathan Wells, the former Buckeye and, of course, former Houston Texans. He's we got to get him back on, on Monday, whatever happens. Yeah, we, yeah. What's he that? was awesome. Jonathan was amazing. We oh, got to get him back Monday. He's always Jonathan, been a lot of fun. I'll never forget. Yeah, Monday, but. I was uh, I was on the treadmill one day and I got this text from a number I did not know. Yeah, and I'm Jonathan? looking at it and uh, it's it said, uh, "Hey, I, I was talking. I think it was Bobby Carpenter. Was that was that who set us up originally, Jonathan? Uh, you got my I don't number think it was from Carpenter. I can't remember who it was. No. It was a former Buckeye who was in the media. I can't remember who it was. And he said, "You don't know me, but I'm Jonathan Wells, and I want to get in the business. And we we forged a friendship." And we knocked some walls down together, and you you are absolutely killing it. Keep doing you, man. Appreciate it, man. A big love, man. Big love, fellas. Big salute to the dog pound. We'll see y'all Saturday, baby. All Let's right. go. All right, Jonathan. All right, yeah, we'll try to get him back Monday. Thank yeah, you, Jonathan. Yeah. We're going to read some being, super too. chats here, and then we're going to get to our playoff and Super Bowl picks. But first, a quick word from Jace Medical. I know we come to sports as an escape from the real world, but – Let's just talk about a minute for preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right now in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's scary. Could you imagine a more helpless feeling than one of your loved ones getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from their life-saving medication they needed? Well, thankfully, we'll all be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treats a long list of bacterial illnesses including UTIs, respiratory infections, and so much more. And that stuff could happen to any of us, guys. JaceMedical.com uh, is where you need to go, and you can complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician. The medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, so go to JaceMedical.com and use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your offer. We're going to read Super Chats real quick. We're going to make some Super Bowl picks. Then we're going to show you the rest of the pictures of the UCSS staff from 2002. But some Super Chats. Damian Frederick said, Bull looks like he lost money betting on Seabiscuit. He bushes <laughs> coming from where I'm from, LOL. Wait a minute, though. Let's everybody uh, agree how good he looks. I like. That. I think he looks great. I like I mean, there's some other funny comments in the Super Chats about uh, I want to. I want to hear them all. So, uh. Gleazy Baby 43 says Bull and G Bush representing UCSS as the infamous dog fathers. <laughs> Bull Brassi and G Corleone. Let's go brownies. That uh, would actually be a good movie, right? It, it would. A Jewish guy and a black guy as mobsters. Oh my God. There's, right? there's yeah. your title I mean, or storyline right. right there. Yeah. <laughs> and we can do it, man. If you guys ever start your food show, that's how you have to dress for each that's, episode. That's there true. Can't be. Yeah, it is. No, no hats anymore. Oh uh, Young Majestic said, Jay looks like Rev Run from Run DMC. <laughs> Clay Daddy 25 Me? said, G, G and Bull. Oh, I, I thought about that too. Said, Jay. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. G, I'm sorry, sorry. Into G this. looks like Rev Run from Run DMC. Clay Daddy says, G and Bull look sharp AF today. 
Uh, Trey go. Ball says it's been a wild year. I feel the culture within the team and fan base has officially changed. Hey, let's go. Uh, hey, go one and zero. Hey, Alexa, play "Living on a Prayer." <laughs> James Cosby says our defense is going to dial it up another notch. Playoff mode. Go Browns. Roberto El Presidente said, "Welcome to G Bush and Bulls Speakeasy." Now hashtag drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trizzy T said, "I'm calling OBZ big game against this former team." And Daryl says, "UCSS is lit today. Browns win 31-17 in Flacco. We trust." Make sure to tune into the WKYC show, Cleveland. Let's go. Shout out to Daryl. He's right. If you're Look not, at Daryl giving us sure a Channel 3 plug. Yeah. Hey, Darryl, brother Darryl's works the Channel 3 yeah, in, all, yeah, in, all, yeah, in all honesty. Yeah. The OG homie. So yeah. shout out to Daryl. Uh, guys, let's make some Super Bowl picks. We got six minutes to go around the horn. Bull, you'll start the last two minutes. We'll yeah. see Jason, Anthony, and Director Steve. From I hate this because I didn't pick the Browns. I, want, I really want the Browns to win the Super Bowl. And hopefully I'll change my mind. Uh, and I hope I'm wrong. But... I've actually got the Bills. I, 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 I think the Bills, uh, they're a very dangerous team right now. I think Josh Allen, like Joe Flacco, there's too many turnovers. But when he's not turning the ball over, I mean, he's probably the best quarterback in football right now. Uh, the guy's magnificent, and he does it on the ground and through the air. He's asked to do so much for that team. I don't trust the Ravens in the playoffs. Uh, I have in, in my mind, I have the Browns losing to the Bills in the AFC Championship game. I think if we got there, I'd probably pick the Browns to win. But today, I'm picking the Bills, and I'd be shocked if anybody but the Niners comes out of the NFC. I'm shocked how similar you and I are. Oh, boy. I know. I, it, really, it really is amazing. As much as we go at it, yeah. on the big stuff, we tend to be G's right up next. G. G. Bush. <laughs> well, listen, I know who he's got. Don't even worry about it, man. <laughs> Browns like versus it. Browns. Man, Browns. <laughs> Browns win by hundreds. Yeah, listen, you know what it, you already know what it is, man. <laughs> I did know Kool-Aid what it was. My, where's my show my flag? It's back there. Everybody knows what time it is. The Browns are gonna win this thing. And you know what? I was I, my whole, you know, football knowledge said, you know what, the Bills do look good, and the Ravens are, you know, they only lost three games. But that don't matter on Kool-Aid. On Kool-Aid, I can lift matter. weights. On Kool-Aid, I'm the most attractive man in the world. And on Kool-Aid, the Browns are the best team in the universe. You got Flacco. I think he's about to get hot. And his defense is really going to turn into, the, like, really like the old 2,000 Ravens. I see 2,000 Ravens. You, you you thought Ray Lewis was special? Miles Garrett, he might get 10 sacks in the playoffs alone. Damn. <laughs> the Browns. The Browns. <laughs> The Browns. 478 to three. If Mike Dicka fought Superman, how does it go down? (laughs) Joe Flacco. That's how it goes down. Joe Flacco wins. (laughs) What's crazy is uh, before Christmas, we called Jason the Grinch of UCSS. And I still think that's pretty applicable. But Jason, your turn to pick. If you two think alike, G and I think alike. What? But I haven't flipped. I haven't flipped. I absolutely, positively believe the Browns are going to the Super Bowl this year. Oh I, I believe it. God. I do. That's crazy. I, I, they That's, have everything they need to go to the they Super got Bowl. Everything. They've got a defense that gets off the field on third down and creates turnovers. They've got a quarterback who can make every throw. They have everything they need to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. They I do. certainly could. I do. I now, mean, if I, I come here Monday, count right now. Yeah. if I come in here Monday I was, with a loss, <laughs> I'm going to be really pissed. Hey, no, I'm telling you, I'm calling off right now. I was I'm not, not going to be here. I'm going to make something up. I've, I, 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 I got to tell you, I need a standing eight count. I, I, I have not heard anything on this show in the history of this show 
that has surprised me more. Than me picking the Browns against the Yes. Yeah. That was, that was I, a shocker. L- listen, the way Flacco is playing. You know why? He sits right next to that Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's permeating his back. It's I taking over. It's not. It's it's not me sucking up or anything like that. God, I could care I, less about that. I totally, absolutely. It's not crazy. No, it's not. I, I just said I got them losing he, a tough game to the Joe, Bills in the AFC Championship. Joe game. Flacco is on the type of heater. It's that, possible. That's I, right. It's yeah. It's, no, it's I feel the same way about Flacco and Allen. <laughs> like, but, I feel like they're yeah, but, both. But, but I, I, in fact, I think I just I, wrote it today. Yeah. Josh Allen looks like Johnny Unitas on one play and Johnny Manziel on the next. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. well, I've, I just, I've said that forever. And I just can't trust that. In a, I understand more but times Flacco, than not he delivers. Flacco's mini. But, but Flacco's interceptions haven't been, oh, my God. No, I know. You're that? right. Yeah, one of it's them was. Most of them have been. He's pulling it out well, and shaking it. Look how many big plays yeah. this guy has made. Well, that's it. Yeah, and and so one was tipped. Yeah, one I mean, a receiver gave up on the route. So a lot of them have been. They've been aggressive interceptions, but they haven't. I mean, Josh Allen makes throws that beyond nobody should make. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and Joe's not making those types of turnovers. Yeah. I wish the Browns could run it a little bit more effectively. Granted. But if I look at that team on paper, they have everything they need to go well, to the Super Bowl. Well, they said Wyatt Teller was, was messing around off, you know, outside of the huddle, and, and Joe Flacco tells him, hey, you need to get your ass in the huddle. And Wyatt's like, okay, let me go over here. It shows me this dude is the leader. He's not yeah. just an outsider Oh, now. it's his team They now. believe yeah. in yeah. this yep. dude. It's very much his team. I got to tell you, I, a strange calm just came over me. <laughs> A very straight. It's did one you thing, catch? Did you catch the spirit, my brother? I think I'm. I don't know. I'm not, not that far. I'm not changing my pick. But it's one thing. To, I knew G. Bush was going to pick the Browns. I would have been disappointed if he didn't. Not in a million years did I see the grizzle, <laughs> the soulless, yeah. Yeah. dead inside, right? Dead inside, Jason Lloyd, yeah. getting swept up in this Hollywood story. Yeah. I yeah. do feel like we are in chapter three or four of a Hollywood tale with an unbelievable ending. However, we've been caught up in tidal wave like that before that felt like it was going to that conclusion despite all odds and the wave crashed. Yep. And I'm afraid that's where we are now. I'm not I'm certainly not saying this ends this week. Um it could. Um I do think the ask to go into Baltimore in a playoff atmosphere Ooh. and ask them to win is too much. I've got San Francisco, and I did not have to think about it in the NFC. Um, and I've got the Bills coming out of the AFC. And unlike Bull, I have the Niners over the Bills in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl because of a couple of bad decisions by Josh Allen. Yeah. We, we, we have the same Super Bowl. You have the same Super That's Bowl. That's funny. And, we both and that was not planned. Yeah. Uh, at all. No, we both have different planned. results. You're right. Uh, all real right, quick, update. The Browns have elevated John Kelly and Riley Patterson from the practice squad. Pierre Strong out. Yeah, that's... Uh, listen, it's questionable, but if they elevated Riley yeah, he's uh, Kelly, he's probably yeah, not playing. Yeah, yeah. Right, we started the show with some pictures from 2002, the last time the Browns won a playoff game in front of fans. We have the rest of the cast. Here's Jason in 2002. What you can see in this picture is he's checking out Jim Tressel's butt. Yeah, so this was a cartoon. This was right. a picture turned into a cartoon. Real quick, 2002 Ohio State-Michigan game. I'm an Ohio State beat writer. I'm on the sideline for the last couple minutes. Jim's play sheet was in his back pocket, and so I was staring at it, and they got this picture of me staring <laughs> at Jim Russell's ass. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Okay. You like the little shell necklace? can't confirm. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Play card was in go. the back like pocket. It. All right, let's see the next one. Ant, who's up next? Our 2002 series continues with Anthony. Here's little Anthony Cantuspelli at five years old, <laughs> a little soccer pup. <laughs> He's in third grade. And last but not oh least, director Steve. I can't even begin to imagine what this 
Oh my goodness gracious! That he just is creepy, Steve. What That's is a the serial killer. Steve, what's the necklace? That's Mardi Gras beads. He just saw a pair. Of Dude, that looks like the Mardi Gras beads next to a Christmas tree. That looks like a picture of a New cult leader right there. No, he looks yeah, like that's, an unsung. That's terrifying. I wish I didn't see that. We'll see you on WKYC in three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> purple Kool-Aid there. Oh, my goodness. There's bodies in the basement. Damn. <laughs>